It may have had something to do with him winning an honorary Golden Globe, but I've seen on social media the last few weeks a lot of stories about random people running into Tom Hanks and how kind of just a genuinely nice human being he is. You know, story of Tom Hanks changing someone's tire or of taking pictures with people while they're standing there looking for stars' homes or things along those lines. It's really refreshing to see someone who is such a star being so kind and generous. But we, it also brings up this instance in our society, this, this celebrity culture that we have. That we, we love the fact that we have great stories of running into a random celebrity here or there and how cool that is. And we tell our friends, I ran into so-and-so at the airport. Or, you won't believe who I saw getting milk. And we think of how wonderful it is to have this encounter. I remember when Victor Oladipo was a student here, he would come to the 10.30 to the 9 o'clock Mass every Sunday, and of course he'd sit in the last row over here because he's a good Catholic. But after Mass, people would be like, I was Brother Patrick at the time, Brother Patrick, did you see Victor Oladipo? And I was like, yeah, I mean, he's a good guy. Thanks be to God that he's here. But like, Jesus was substantially and sacramentally present on the altar, (laughs) right? But, and thanks be to God, he's a good Catholic man, and thanks be to God for that witness, because I'm sure there were students who saw him here and said, okay, if he can get to Mass every Sunday with his schedule, there's no reason I can't. And thanks be to God for that. But at the end of the day, when we encounter a celebrity, they go back to their world and we go back to ours, and there's a high likelihood that there's not going to be any sort of encounter ever again. Or if there is, it's random. And so often in our lives, this is how we treat our relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus walks into our life. He does something good. He walks away. Like a celebrity goes to their mansion in a gated community, Jesus goes up to heaven in the pearly gates, never again encountering us except randomly. Maybe when we need him. Maybe when we go to confession. Maybe when we receive communion. But at the end of the day, Jesus remains way out there, and I remain way over there. In the Gospel today, though, we are confronted with the absolute and utter and radical desire that Jesus has not to just passingly walk into your life, but to be your life. When John the Baptist sees Jesus walking, he turns his entire being, everything that he's about, and focuses it explicitly on the person of Jesus Christ. He calls his disciples. He calls those who are coming to be baptized. He says, I must decrease. He must increase. When Jesus walks into John the Baptist's life, everything changes. There is a new and clear focal point for everything that he does. In the first reading, we heard from the prophet Isaiah, I do not want you just to be a servant, but a light to the nations. Yes, Isaiah is speaking about the Christ who is to come, but because we are one with Christ, he's also talking about you and me. St. Paul says we are called to be holy. Every one of us, every one of us is called to be holy. And how do we get there? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. We only get there through Christ in Christ and with him. And you might say, and certainly it would be understandable, well, Father, there are too many things going on. There's too many distractions. We look around at our world and we see craziness. We see division. We see strife. Well, when Jesus walked into the world, 
there was a crazy tyrant leading the known world. And in the local community, the government and the religion had been so intertwined and torn apart that the religious institution itself was left wanting because those who were in leadership had put the good of the institution ahead of the people to whom it was called to serve. We also see in their politics that people could just be assassinated and murdered without a second thought. We see in their local lives the division that divided the house of the people of God, the Israelites. Does any of this sound familiar to our day and time? When Jesus walks into the world, he walks into a world that is destroyed and corrupted by sin so as to redeem it and save it. When he walks into your life, he does so not in spite of the sins and the brokenness and the terrible things going on, but because he desires for you to have salvation, joy and peace, happiness in this life and for eternity with him in heaven. But we need to look for and find Jesus. And oftentimes we can be like St. Augustine who wrote in his confessions that I search for you out there, Lord, only to discover you are in my heart. Jesus has deigned to dwell with each of you. Last week we celebrated the baptism of the Lord and we were reminded of our own baptism. That each one of us is another God. Each one of us is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And what does this look like for us? How can we dare to dream? And why not dare to dream? Why not dare as a community and as individuals to dream of a better world, of a better community, of building up the kingdom, of radically pointing everything we do intentionally toward Christ, of allowing our entire lives and our hearts to be converted? Because in the beautiful, wonderful, mystical body of Christ that is the church, the person and the community are one. So the community exists for the individual, and the individual exists to serve the community. So when we act as a community, whether it be the simple putting of a dollar bill into the offering plate, or a giving of the food to the poor, or anything in between, do we do that as a total and radical gift, as a way of drawing this community more and more toward Christ? Or do we do it out of some sort of obligation, or even without thinking? On an individual level, do we turn from sin? Do we turn toward Christ daily in prayer? Do we offer our first fruits to the Lord? When these things work together, we've seen the radical good that Christ can do in our lives as a community and in each of our lives individually. And this is what we're called to do today. To turn our life toward Christ. Christ Jesus himself who sacramentally and substantially will be made present on this altar in, this holy gift of, in his gift of Holy Communion. He's going to walk into your life and he desires to do more for you in that instant for John the Baptist. He desires to change you. He desires to give you direction, purpose, love, hope, peace, and generosity. But because he loves you so much, he's just not going to walk a glancing or at a distance. He desires to dwell within you. He desires for all of us as a church to be one and for each of us individually to be one with him. Jesus is not just a celebrity. He is. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of 
the world.